Hello and welcome to LJ's Open Forum. I'm Michelle Johnson, your host, and I am just happy to come to you today just to discuss a little bit about what is happening in Philly right now and what's going on in our neighborhood and how can we try to do things to make it a little better. Just to let you know, it's LJ's Open Forum Podcast. Hey guys, I have reached over 230 listens and I'm so excited just to been just to been able to do this for over five weeks and I'm excited because I want to thank you all for supporting LJ's open forum podcast and you know that you could check us out on overcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Breaker. We are out there everywhere. And I want you guys to continue to share, continue to listen, subscribe to Apple Podcasts so that you can get my episodes ahead of time or they will they will notify you that my episode is available and ready to go. That's the same that you'll get on Spotify if you follow me there. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been out there listening and commenting, sharing my stories. So today is is pretty much a, a typical Wednesday about what's happening for me. I will be getting back to um, Rosa's story, a continuation to the next family member, which we're going to talk a lot about my mother, Mary Gant, which when she married my dad, her name is Mary Little. We're going to get into her and then we're going to get into my grandmom's sister, Um Hazel Ramsher, formerly Hazel Rucker. We're going to tell you just a little bit story about her and the man she met, Gordon Ramsay. So we're going to get into that in the next episode. But I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the homicide rates after the 4th of July and what's going on now. They're just currently just technically moving, increasing in the city. I'm just so sad about the death of the little boy, um, King, who was murdered by, I think, his babysitter. And, you know, that right there just hurts you to the core when you hear about a little kid two years old just getting ready to turn three this month and this thing happens. So my prayers go out to his mom and and her um, and his grandma and their family because it's just a sad story um, of things to come. And, and of course, we'll know more about this story as it develops. But it's just I wanted to bring it up because please, people, protect your children at, at every cost keep them with you I mean it it sounds crazy when you say you can't leave your children with people but you can't leave your children with people that you can't trust and even though the child is with his dad dad should have known better mom should know better we just gotta keep our kids protected and that's as far as I'm gonna go on that I'm sure you wanna you know just chime in a little bit with comments about it but what do you think How can we protect our children? What can we do to protect our most vulnerable beings, which are our children? So the homicide rates, of course, is going up. Over the weekend, just over the 4th of July weekend, it was like, you know, so many just injuries due to gun violence. And then we had just the murders, the seven people killed in the wave of um, shootings over the 4th of July weekend. And then you had a whole nother like 13 people injured due to gun violence, due to grazes and injuries. So, you know, the community, again, we have to look at this community. We have to look at our community overall. Let me start there. We have to look at just 
Philadelphia and the neighborhoods and just look at one thing. What is the first thing that you see in the Philadelphia community when you come out, when you walk out of your house, when you walk down the street, when you're in the low-income neighborhoods and you're in areas? The first thing that I see is dirt. I see dirtiness. I see, like, people just... There are places... I live near Cobbs Creek Parkway where they just dump stuff. I mean, they dump things out. Sofas, chairs, bags of clothes, anything. Dump it off a truck and keep moving in a park. Um, which is Fairmount Park, which is a beautiful area, and they dump things out. I was driving in Southwest Philadelphia near Woodland Avenue and Island Avenue. There used to be a gas station there named America or something. I could be wrong with that name because I never really pumped gas there. I went there one time. The people that were working in there were really nice. Um, but they, they've since had a fire there, and it's closed. But it wasn't gated off, and it's and, and I've been told that it's owned by like a Fortune 500 company, but they never gated it off. So what we get now is people just driving into the, a main thoroughfare, just a main thoroughfare. They're driving in, dump things off. They're fixing on cars. The place just is just terrible. And it's, it's dirty. And this is what, I don't know if any other community, this would be accepted. But for, but for me living in Southwest Philadelphia, it seems that it's acceptable to people to dump their, their things all over the place dump their trash, dump old sofas, old anything, refrigerators, just dump them out anywhere they can find to dump it, which is, it tells me you don't care for your community. Inside the community, because you could tell me, you could have an answer to that and say, well, it's people driving out of the community that's doing all this dumping. That's not necessarily true. You know, where I live, you look in the back, people throw trash out the door every day. You can then tell me that the trash pickup due to the COVID-19 crisis has been sparingly and slow. However, even prior to the COVID-19 crisis, people would throw trash out of their windows, out in the bag would burst. Cars would drive over trash that's out. The people would not sweep up. This is what we're going through in these communities. And, and it's real simple if you go back and think about it historically. If you live somewhere, you should keep it clean and you should have, you should have pride for your community, pride for your property, pride for your neighborhood. That's simply what that is. And, and when I see that, it just saddens me. And a lot of advocates and political figures that live in the community has come out to talk about it and to, to say what, it, what they're going to do to try to combat it, combat it. And meaning we want to, like, call somebody to get them to come and get the place roped up and cleaned out and, and maybe be able to reach the owner of this um, shutdown gas station. But to me, I... It makes you think like you want to make the community better, but it also makes you fearful that you're ready to leave and you're ready to go. And sometimes I look at that. I look at the whole issues of our community, you know, and that's all in Philly. Like you can't find any parking. Anyone that lives in South Philly, Southwest Philly, North Philly, you know, Northwest, wherever you live, Philadelphia is overrun and everybody that has a household or apartment or whatever seems to have a ton of cars in their house because due to, you know, not being able to afford these expensive apartments, people singing to live together more. So parking is terrible. I'm going to tell you that. Um, Right now, I don't have a car because my car was, you remember me saying my car was totaled due to the accident on Father's Day. So I felt so much less pressure without having to come in from work or and worry about where I'm going to park and drive all around the community in a a one block radius, two, three block radius, trying to find a um, parking space. 
And in, even in the back of my house, sometimes people overrun that. So you'll come back there and the neighbors, they're on your line and over it. You're over the other neighbor's line and other neighbors like, well, what happens if I want to park somewhere? So these are all the things that um, go on in the city and which is a, all a part of all the negative things you could say about city living. You know, you don't have to worry about that in country living, really. But here in the city, it seems like you're always, there's something to be stressful about. So I want to get into a little bit about what my life is like. My life is Michelle Little Johnson. My life is not perfect, people. I love doing podcasting. I love talking about it. I love building it. But I do not have a perfect life. Sometimes I feel like um, I did not hit my goal in life. I have a very great job. I'm in a high-ranking position in my job. But I still don't completely feel like I hit my mark. And what I mean by that is that um, I felt that I should be either farther or long in my career. Or I should have opened a business and been very successful at this point. Now, I always say that just because your dreams did not come true early in your life. Does not mean that they do not, will not, and do not and will not and cannot come true in your latter life. So, I have a wonderful husband, son, a loving family, grandchildren, um, nieces, nephews, cousins. But sometimes I still feel sad. And I feel sad because I usually will tell you this. I'll open up to you and say that I miss um, my family. And I miss the family that is going on that have passed away. And I miss my mother and my grandmother and my father and my brother and my sister and my oldest brother. I miss them all. I miss the good times that we used to have, the fun that we used to have. And right now, work and my family keep me moving. And what I mean by that is, it, it keeps me moving forward. My husband is such a wonderful supporter, such a great man. So he keeps me moving and keeps it going. But I do feel like the times are not like they were. And the older, and I'm going to tell you this, the older we get, the more people we lose. And the longer we live, the more people we'll see pass us um, by through death. And um, so I just wanted to say that moving forward is what we have to do. We can't look back. We can't stop. And that's why this podcast makes me so happy. And I enjoy talking to you because it gives me, even though I work full time, it gives me additional things to do. And um, additional things to do in reference to getting information out to the community, talking to you about my family's history, my grandmother, my mother, her siblings, my um, my grandmother's children, which were my mom and then my uncles. It gives us the chance to listen to the historical aspect and what they went through during Jim Crow laws and things that occurred during that time. So it's such like, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to talk about my grandmother's story and that my great-grandfather was born into slavery. Because remember, we have to talk about our history because we are doomed to repeat it. We have to learn about it. We have to understand it. We have to understand the generational issues that occurred that are still occurring in our communities. We have to remember what slavery did to the mindset of a people and how today we are still reeling, reeling from what occurred during slavery and occurred during Jim Crow laws. We have to understand that. We have to fight for that. So when I talk about just 
my grandmother in her life and her siblings and her children. It gives me, um, it's, I'm honored to be able to do so. It gives my memory a chance to go back and say, yeah, that's what happened with that. Let me, t- let me talk a little bit about that so that you can understand a little bit about her history. And she did not have an easy life. But she was still a happy person and a smiling person. And that's what I want to try to convey to everybody that we can we can suffer in some somehow in some circumstances. But we have to push ahead. We have to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving along. Keep moving along because if we do that, we will be successful um, in any endeavor or any goal that we, or dream that we're trying to um, bring forth. And birth out, we can do that. So I just wanted to just bring that up a little bit about what my life is like. Because I haven't given up. I'm still trying to be that successful person. I feel that I am somewhat there. But I still have more to do. And more to talk about. And more to work at. And I am and I know the majority of people that are listening to me. You do run into or are in the same situation right now. We're all not... Um, What's the word politically correct? We still have places to grow, things to learn, things to do. So when I bring about this podcast, it's an open forum and it's about what the the news of my life or what I want to convey to you is. It could be it could be about health or it could be about mental health or it could be about political. And as I when I say political, that's my signal to say. Voting is key. Voting is key. You know, recently on on July the 17th, John Lewis died of pancreatic cancer. And this is a gentleman that had worked his life for voting rights. He was out there during that time in the 60s with Martin Luther King. And he was abused. He was beaten terribly for voting rights. Please don't let his death be in vain and, and sit there, listen to me, and not want to vote. Not want to find out what you're, vo- you're voting for. That's what I mean. What are you voting for? Who are you voting for? What are their platforms? What, what, what are their goals? What are their dreams? What are, what are they trying to do politically to help our country? So please, you know, prayers go out for his family, John Lewis, but he was one of our heroes that went out there and tried to fight for the right to vote. And remember in 2013, they amended some of the Voting Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act to the Southern states. So, you know, right now, Congress, you know, Democrat, Republicans, of course, are gonna go butt heads again about this. And you know, the funny thing is, every time I think about John Lewis, I think about Elijah Cummings. He died in October, I think October 19, 2019. And these guys favored each other. I always thought they was related. I still do. I don't know why. Because they look just alike. But God bless both of them and thank them for all that they have done to further my career. Because believe it, you know, these jobs that we have now were not available to us years ago. So I want to thank every you know, every person that fought for voting rights, every person that fought for equality, you know, it has helped me. And I'm sure that it, is, it has helped a lot of us. Now, COVID-19 feelings, people. COVID-19. You know, we thought at a certain point we were going to be a little bit ahead of this game, but we're still behind it. 
and it's our crisis, but they say it's not our only crisis. Like I said earlier, we got homicide issues in Philly, but we also got COVID-19 issues. And please, people, socially distance yourself. Now, socially distance is, I know you all want to get back out because I know I'm a clap. Because I definitely want to get back out there and do the things and feel comfortable. Just to give you a little back end on me, what drives me crazy anywhere, anytime is when I have to wait a long period of time. I hate waiting for anything. You know, if it's a little wait, I'm cool. But if I have to stand in line outside of a shoe store to wait, I can just order it online. Um, If I have to stand outside to get into a restaurant, mm, I can kind of just stand outside and go back home you know i don't want to stand outside too long to wait for things so i'm trying to wait for the whole covid 19 crisis to end but it seems to be spiking again so people please you don't if you don't need to go out don't go out you know play those games at home get those kids in the backyard if you got to go to the park go to the park and be socially distanced from other people the second thing i hate is i hate wearing this mask out in 90 you know, five degree weather here in Philadelphia right now. We're in a little bit of a heating crisis. So every time you turn around, it's hot. And I hate wearing masks. So you'll see me in the house with the air conditioner running. And then I'll have to pay that, you know, almost $200 electric bill that I don't want to pay. But that is the way it happens. Please, people, socially distance so our numbers can go down and we can kind of get back to normal. Because remember, they thought because of the heat, this thing was going to slow down. But think about it. It's still it's still spiking. So then when we get into September, time to go to school, people back, you know, from holidays. And then we get into November and then it starts, the flu season comes. And then here this comes again. So how can we get around it? Now, I've heard some numbers that we won't be through this thing until 2022. But I pray that we're through this much earlier than that. But we have to socially distance. I mean, schools want to reopen, but they can't. You know, businesses are trying to reopen on a smaller scale. But then you look at it, you feel so bad for them because I'm talking about the small businessmen. I'm not talking about these big corporate buildings and people like that that own 25 restaurants. I'm talking about the small guy that has a restaurant or a sandwich shop or a little shoe store or something, you know, that because of what we're doing now is taking money out their pocket. So I pray that these things can end quickly so people could get back to um, economically stable, meaning that we could be stable in the economy and people can make money, you know, because they really do need it. That's why they're out there marching. They want us to reopen things. That's why the president, the Trump signal is that he's being pressured to get everything open and Falsy, of course, Trump signal. Falsy, of course, is telling him, you know, slow it down. Let's let's be socially dis- distanced. Let's be smart. And I think Falsy is right that we have to be smart. We have to be socially distanced. We have to be afraid in order to get things back to where they need to be. So yes, um, Trump signal is he's being pressured and he wants to open everything back up because it's all about money. But the small businessman is the one caught in the middle. So again, COVID-19 is spiking, but we, but people please believe that COVID-19 exists. You know, I talked to a young guy Monday. I was at work Monday because I had to work um, mon- no Tuesday and Wednesday. I did work last week and I was in our main building in North Philly. 
and I had to take SEPTA because again my car is total so I had to walk down and take SEPTA just to give you an idea about me is this I hate SEPTA I don't like SEPTA don't want to ride on it have no inclination to ever do it but I had to and get this when I called Uber to pick me up because believe me I'll pay the money to get home Uber was like $85 at one point at 4 p.m. Then, of course, after about an hour, it went down to $40. I had to end up waiting for Lyft because Lyft was $30. And then I had to keep waiting so long that it went down to $26. So I was able to get Lyft and get home. But in the midst of that crisis due to COVID-19, I had to, I was talking to a young man on the corner there. And he was talking about he really didn't believe that there really was a COVID-19 issue. And the only thing that I really told him, because I can't stand when, you know, sometimes when there's an ignorance. But the one thing that I did tell him is that I had a family member who right now has lung issues due to COVID-19. She was in the hospital for a month. I know of another co-worker that works for us that died from COVID-19. I know of another worker that was sick with COVID-19. Another worker that was sick at home in quarantine. Another worker that was positive with COVID-19. I know another church member that died from COVID-19, that was sick from COVID-19, um, that suffered in the hospital for months on COVID-19. Now, let me just break that down. That's a lot of numbers. You count them up. That's just one person. That's just me that know of people in the community. I know of a couple people in the community that was sick from it. They, they survived and are fine, thank God. I do know of another person that my, that my niece knew of that was sick. Another person that died. So the numbers keep climbing. People now, they're, I just had a co-worker that was out for two weeks in quarantine. Her husband had his second positive in the end of June, the beginning of July. Second positive. He was positive in, in April. And then he works in in an essential position. And he just became positive again. Okay? So when I told this young man that, he was like, he had to look twice. And he he was stunned a little bit. Because you have to give people your personal opinion or your personal story for them to understand. They look at the media and think that the media is lying. So when I told him this, he then began to change kind of look at it because he didn't know anyone that was sick or had died from it but we all know people that have been sick and we all know we may know people that have died you know from COVID-19 so I just wanted to say with that that we have to tell people what's really going on and, they, and you have to understand that this is true now during the time of I'm gonna break that down when people had the flu because they talking about just as many people died from the flu remember when this started out Trump signal was saying just as many people died from the flu so we wasn't in no trouble back in, what was that, Feb- January and February. Okay. So I, during the flu season, have not known one person to die from the flu. Now, maybe you had, but I hadn't. I haven't known people to be in the hospital for months, for a month with the flu and on a ventilator. I've seen people have the flu, and they suffer through the flu, and then they get better. But I have not seen people die from it or people stay in the hospital for months. In these numbers, with what's... The numbers that they're giving us, do you think they're a lie or are they the truth? I think the numbers are true. The numbers could be elevated, but wow, they are there. And if my number is correct, if my co-workers' numbers are correct, that they all know people that have died or were sick from this, 
then the numbers are not that far off. So I just want to say, please believe that COVID-19 coronavirus exists. Socially distance yourself. Wear your mask when you're supposed to. Go in the stores and put your mask on. Protect yourself because you're protecting yourself as well as the next person wearing their mask are, are protecting themselves. So they're protecting you and you're protecting them. So we got to understand this and stop the madness. Stop walking around with no mask on in the stores running around like there's, there's no COVID-19. When, we're, when, when the numbers are still spiking in certain parts of this country and, and governors are thinking about shutting things back down. You know, you got people running to the beach. You got the beaches open and it, this is not going away. They thought it was going to go away with the heat. COVID-19 said heat what? I ain't afraid of no heat. I'm still going to get you if you don't do what you're supposed to do. So that's why I said that young man, when he said that, and he started to think a little differently, but he also started to look at how the world is moving. And I told him, I said, these are the things that happen. We all go through something. Just like when you go back to Rose's story, during the time when my grandmother went through what? They went through the worst time in history in the 30s, the late 20s. You know, you had the stock market crash, you, which plummeted the whole economy into nothingness, where people had no jobs. They had nothing. They died. They committed suicide. They had to rummage through the country. They had to move. They had to leave their farms, leave their houses. They could not afford it. It put us in just the worst time in the history. So when you think that, don't think because you see that happened then in history that it can't happen again, that these things can't happen again, that, they, that we're not that far off the ledge of something like this happening. So we have to be careful. We have to take precautions. We have to do what's needed in order to get rid of it. So when you look at that and you look at now with the COVID-19, we have to we have to fight through. Can't look back. We have to fight through. Can't worry about what the president and, and, and all these people didn't do that they could have done to make it better. Hopefully they have learned that now they know what not to do the next time. Because believe me, people, there'll be something again the next time. If my grandparents and great-grandparents went through pandemics, we can go through them. They just may be distant a long time. Remember polio till they found a vaccine for that. Remember the Spanish flu. All of those things that happened during the 1900s, you know, during the time that my grandmother was growing up can happen when my grandchild is growing up and when my son is now 20. I'm 55, so we have to look at it and we have to make plans and do a better job of everything. But don't forget to social, socially distance from people. And hey, listen, I just wanted to say one thing in reference to our COVID-19 crisis. I wanted to say that there were good things that occurred during this time. People got a stimulus check. People got unemployment to help. People are out there making sure people aren't going hungry. We at the, 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 the we at the state made sure that nobody benefits got shut off, that they had medical through this. There was emergency cash assistance available. There were so many. There, LIHEAP has been reopened to try to get an additional $800 to people to assist to pay their bills. That goes on to August. And then you flop right back into it in October into the LIHEAP season again. So we have to look at all of these things and say, yes, there's a struggle, but not like it was then. 
today we've learned from what happened then. And now we have the resources to assist the people now. So please, just look at all of these things that are available. Look at resources. Make sure your your neighbors, make sure your friends, your community, everyone knows about these available resources to assist and keep to keep moving us through this crisis, this pandemic. Because we love you, I love you, and want everybody just to succeed and move forward. Not just stay back in a cave when stuff doesn't, you know, where you don't know what's going on and you don't believe the stories that's out there is true. COVID-19 is true. Believe it. And please take it seriously and don't just sit back and, and, and listen to what people are telling you. It is out there. It is true. And we need to, we need to support each other, help each other through it, too. We got to give up a little something, give up a little something for people. But just keep it moving through the situation. I want to say my Trump signal, I don't know if it's working. Is Trump signal working? You tell me. Comment on my website at www.ljsopenforumpodcast.com. Comment on, you know, Spotify. Comment on Apple Podcasts. Comment on Overcast. I want to hear from you. Comment to me on, um, just on the social media sites. Instagram, you could go right there and look at LJ's Open Forum Podcast and you can leave a message for me. You can go on Facebook at LJ's Open Forum Podcast. I'm going to come up. Twitter, you can check me out there. I'm going to come up when you put LJ's Open Forum Podcast in there. I want you to continue to, to critique me, continue to rate me, tell me what I'm doing bad, tell me what I'm doing good. But I want you to just talk about any, like, something that you want to hear about. Let me know. If you want me to discuss a topic, let me know about the topic. And I will definitely discuss it. But I want you to know everything that's going on. And I want you to kind of also look at the open forum aspect of it. And that's why I do it, so I can talk about anything. But again, homicide is not decreasing in 2020 in Philadelphia. It's increasing in the black communities, in the communities where there's low income, in the communities where there's black and black. You know, we're still leading in the murder rate. You know, white white people and other um, nationalities are killing each other, just not at a higher rate than us. So we want to find a way to decrease this rate if we can in our community. And it's occurring, it hasn't slowed down because of COVID-19, it's still moving. So I want you to look at that and I want you to talk to me about it. I also want to say, give a shout out. A shout out goes out to my cousin Rosetta Scott again. That's one of my grandmother, Rosa Gantz, Rosa Rucker, then Gant, siblings. And that's one of her siblings' daughters. And she turned 90 years old on Saturday. On Saturday, July the 18th. And I want to wish her a wonderful birthday. And we want to keep this many, many, many more. Because I want to see the 100th birthday. So I want to see that. And I I just want God to bless her and keep blessing her. Because she's been a blessing to her family. And she is one of the oldest members left in our family. And I just thank God she's still here. And we just, I just want to say happy birthday. And everybody out there, just give a shout out and just say happy birthday, Miss, Mrs. Rosetta Scott. So again, this is LJ's Open Forum Podcast. 
and I'm Michelle Johnson, your host. And I'm just going to say what? Good evening. And I will see you soon with the continuation of Rose's story. And Rose's story is going to go back into my grandmother and her sister, my mother, sorry, and her sister Hazel. And we're going to talk about that. You're going to get that one coming real soon. And again, goodbye.